0: Starry county the mustang still runs free the eagle soars above the pinion pines and we know these horses stand for something that is precious and more rare than all the silver and the gold from them old mines so let them run Hi, welcome to Horse Sense 101. I'm your host, Joe Jones, Vail, Oregon's resident redneck and owner of Joe Jones Performance Horses. Horse Sense 101 is a podcast dedicated to helping you have a meaningful relationship with your horse and for them to be a willing partner in all your adventures. The podcast is available every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to join us on our Facebook group, horse sense 101 you can also find the podcast link calendar and news about our upcoming events on our web page www.horse-sense101.com and sign up for our newsletter there as well and if you have a moment and are so inclined please leave a review on PodChaser. it's free and i would really appreciate it this week i'd like to consider the uh things that uh we as horse people and prospective horse owners need to consider when we go buy a horse um, i uh, i can't tell you the heartache that uh, i've had in making horse purchases that uh, i never should have and for the reasons why and uh, horse purchases that i made that i'm really proud of and that i'm, I'm really happy that i did um so let's uh, let's spend uh, this week talking about what goes into the purchase of a horse. Um, and uh, I, I think it's I think it's valuable to before you even begin to go search for a horse is evaluate yourself. what is your skill level honestly? what is it that you're hoping to accomplish what what thing? Is there you want to do with your horse? How well do you want to do it? Are you uh, someone who just wants to go hunting for two weeks in October and need a horse that will pack elk and deer out of the backcountry? Or are you looking to uh, show reining and cutting horses? Or do you need a high-level uh, team roping horse to <clears throat> begin competing for a national championship? All of these things are are considerations that we individually need to make, so that we can honestly begin searching for the right kind of horse that will fill that need. Um, the horse that you want for your little kid to learn how to ride, in my opinion, is not is not the horse that needs to be trained. It, I, it's not uh, buying a horse for your kids not like buying them a puppy. You you don't buy. Uh, a yearling or a weanling colt for your four-year-old daughter so that they can grow up together and be best friends. Um, that can end very, very badly. Uh, if you want to buy a horse to teach your kids to love horses and have a lifelong relationship with horses, buy them an old, broke, gentle, loving, kind horse. And don't get all worried about whether the horse is 100% sound and six years old. You know, that horse that's 25 years old, if you take care of him, could easily live another 10 years, uh, take care of his teeth, and make sure his nutrition stays there. And he'll teach your young one what they need to know to safely love and enjoy horses for the rest of their life. Um, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have bought this young horse for their kid and... They've had a had a wreck, and now that kid, for the rest of his life, doesn't want anything to do with horses because all they know is that they rode the horse and they got hurt. Um, so, what we're going to be doing with the horses is probably the first thing we want to consider. Um, and once we've kind of dialed in <clears throat> what it is we're going to be doing with our horse, um, if we're going to be doing trail riding or if we're going to be doing a competition event, that will give us a direction to begin searching. Um, now, I, I I think there's basically I'm mean, there. There's other ways, but there's basically four ways or four places that you can buy horses. Um, you know, you can buy horses from a friend, from somebody that you know and that you trust that uh, has horses um, and that person you know may have been that may be a horse that you've watched for a long time and and you've seen your friend ride it and and that gives you a lot of confidence in what that horse uh can do and you know, if there, it's a close friend, maybe you've even had the ability to to ride that horse. I remember when I was in my twenties uh my second cutting horse that I bought um belonged to a dear friend of mine and i had all the confidence in the world um you know the the subject of you know the test ride and the pre-purchase exam and all of that came up and whether i wanted to do that and well i i'd watched uh i'd watched my friend compete on this mayor for three years um i'd seen you know the success that they'd had and and i'd seen how the mayor had been had stayed sound and, and was in good condition through all that um, so I had the utmost confidence when I made that purchase that it was the right thing to do um, and, and it's a very comforting place to buy horses is, is from someone you trust right um, another place that uh, you can buy a horse and gosh I see a lot of horses done bought this way and that's off the internet um, And there's all kinds of websites, you know, predominantly Craigslist, right? Um, and I know Mr. Zuckerberg hates the fact that people want to sell horses, uh, and he absolutely forbids the sale of horses on, on Facebook. But, um, those of us in the horse world are a little smarter than Mr. Zuckerberg thinks he is. Um, so we figured out ways to use Facebook to sell our horses. And it's a great way to search through a, a great number of horses. You 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 can see horses from areas around you or from far across the country. And if you're looking for a very specific type of horse to do a very specific type of event, that broad search area that you gain by using the Internet is extremely valuable. Um, back when I was a young kid, there were was a few magazines that had a few classified ads in the back end of it. And that was pretty much the only way you were going to see a horse that was, you know, if you lived in Idaho, like I did, and um, there was a horse for sale in Texas, you wouldn't know that unless you read the Western Horseman or uh, the American Quarter Horse Journal or something like that. You'd have no idea that that horse was for sale. But in the world we live in today, um, these horses are posted on uh on group pages they're group they're posted on business pages and uh while the price may not be shown and there you have to be a little bit careful about how you advertise your horse for sale you can't just say well here's here's my horse and he's for sale and he's forty five hundred dollars, and you can come see him here and yeah you have to be a little a little more and and i've seen some tremendously creative ways of saying that the horse is for sale Uh, uh, my, my personal favorite is, is that uh, this horse is looking for a new zip code. Um, I, I, that makes me smile every time I see it. Um, so, you know, the, the another big place that, gosh, I, I, and I, I, I do this too. Um, I, I look at Craigslist virtually every morning um, to see what's for sale. Uh, and And I've purchased some really, really nice horses off of Craigslist. Uh, as as odd as that may seem, it, it's a it's a open and honest place to to list your horse for sale to people that live you know within like a hundred and fifty mile radius of where you live. Uh, certainly more co- competent than the old the old days of the classified ad in a local thrifty nickel. And, and there's other really neat websites: uh, Equine Now, uh, Horse Web, Dream Horse uh they all can give your horse worldwide exposure um so you may you may advertise you may see a horse advertised uh, in connecticut now you may not want to pay the freight on that but if you're looking for a very specific uh dressage level four trained horse and there isn't one in cuna uh, you may have to broaden your search and, and start looking outside your area um, another another place that you can buy horses is, is is you can buy them from a from someone who deals in that um commonly called a horse trader um and uh i i believe that that can be a really really great place to buy a horse um and it can be a really really awful place to buy a horse there's a Gosh, there's an old joke that's older than I am. To, the only way you can tell whether or not a horse trader's lion is to look at his lips and see if they're moving. And 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 sometimes that's true, but sometimes that's not true. Um, I, I look at the uh, at the business of, of dealing in horses much the same. And I've told a lot of my friends this. It's it's very similar to a used car dealer. Uh, you uh, if you're uh, uh, A shady, you know, street corner, slick salesman. And, you know, you're trying to put your, you buy your cars at the auction and you put a little super glue on the seat covers and polish them up and offer them and tell everybody they're the greatest thing in the world. Roll the odometer back. Uh, there are horse traders that, that deal in horses that do that. Um, and, and we all need to be aware of that. Uh, and so much the same as when you buy anything. Um, if you're going to buy from a from a dealer, uh, much like if you go to that that used car salesman and you leave his lot feeling like you need to go home and take a shower, well, if you get that feeling when you visit a horse uh, or someone who deals in horses, uh, don't buy from them. Um, it, it's that simple. If they're using high pressure tactics and and they're telling you that this horse is the greatest thing ever and every horse they've got is the greatest thing ever and any horse that they've got will fit you just fine. Um, you know, understand that they're not being honest because not every horse fits every person. And, and I know I have friends in, in, in the, in the business and, and I'm frankly and honestly, I'm in the business of dealing in horses. I buy horses, train horses, and sell horses for a living, um, and I'm proud of what I do and I'm proud of how I do it. Um, and I believe that if you come buy a horse for me, I will be honest with you. And if you try and buy a yearling for me for your four-year-old girl, I, I'm going to be right in your face, and I'm not going to be very nice about it. Uh, I mean, explain to you what I what I explained when I started this broadcast. Um, and I've been to car dealerships where you can buy a used car from those guys and and you can tell by golly they're just straight up business people and and they won't tell you tell you that this car you know was owned by the little old lady in Pasadena they'll they'll tell you you know this car's had been through here's the car facts it's been through three or four owners and it's been in Iraq and you know we've done everything we know how to fix this. Uh, car, here's the service records, and and here's what's been done to it. Uh, take it for a test drive yourself. And take it over to your mechanic. Have your mechanic check it out. And, you know, when business is done that way, in my opinion, you can have a lot of confidence buying from a dealer. Um, they're, they're typically an expert in what they're selling, um, and, and we, we put that that spotlight on a horse on a horse dealer um i I hesitate to call them horse traders i know everybody else does but i i I believe there are people who deal in horses and they they run an honest straight up business and and if they tell you that a horse has done something that horse has done that Um, if they say that you know they they use them on the ranch and they don't own a ranch you know, ask them what ranch you use them. You know, what ranch did you use this this horse on, Mr. Mister Horse Dealer? Uh, and if they can't tell you which ranch that horse was used on or if the ranch they used him on was their five-acre place where they're dealing horses right now, well, you know, take that for what it's worth, right? Um, but if they can say, well, you know, I, I I day work for some from folks out in the Awahi Mountains in southern Idaho. And... We go on 30 mile rides and this horse this horse will carry all day and and you know we we work for the we work for the uh nicholson farm out there nicholson ranch out there and you know jim is one of my good friends and we go we go when when you get that story um you can sniff out that it's the tr- it's the truth right away um so you know pay attention to what you're what you're doing there and and when you find someone who does an honest business, um, you can buy from that person uh, very confidently. And the thing, the thing that makes that a valuable tool for, for you as a horse owner is that those horse dealers go to all the big horse sales. They go to those auctions. They look on Craigslist and they know how to evaluate horse, horse flesh they they can look at a horse they can uh, assess their soundness they can assess their medical condition because they've had a lifetime experience in the horse in dealing with horses they know a great horse when they see it and they know a horse that can be a great horse if a couple of things are, are addressed in this horse and and much like uh much like the car dealer um, a horse dealer will, will go to an auction and they will buy buy what's referred to as a diamond in the rough. Um, they'll find this horse that may not be perfectly trained or it may have some other issue. They'll bring it home and they'll put it in their training program for a couple of months and, and deal with that behavior issue with that horse and teach that horse uh, and make that horse better. And that skill and that service I find for the average horse owner something that can be very, very valuable. Uh, so just don't don't just dismiss purchasing a horse from a horse trader because they've only had the horse for two months. That doesn't mean that horse is no good. What that means is is that they that that dealer, found that horse in a situation, purchased it, and purchased it, it, did some things to fix it and to make it better, and is is charging a fair price to sell that on the other side so so that they continue to, so that they can continue to feed their family. Uh, And I find it a a highly honorable profession if it's done correctly, much the same as any other profession. Uh, And and enough of that, and I'll step down off my soapbox. Um, and, you know, finally, one of the, one of the places, if, if you're cost conscious, uh, that you can, you can buy horses, that you can get an incredibly good value if you know what you're doing. And I'm going to repeat that. If you know what you're doing. And that's at a horse auction. Um, I, I get a lot of my inventory from auctions. Um, and just because, you know, people will say, well, that horse is at a sale, you know, that he's not that sale for no reason. He's there. And the, and the assumption is, is that a horse is in an auction because there's something terribly wrong with it, uh, that nobody wants it. Nobody would want it. So we're going to put we're just going to put it in an auction and get rid of it. Um, and, and we don't care what happens to it. Um, and does that happen sometimes? Yes, that does happen sometimes. Um, but not always, um, and, and it's not even the majority. It's, it's a small percentage of the number of horses that go through an auction that are just thrown away because they're no good. They're lame, and, and nobody would want them, and we're, we're just going to pass that horse on for food. Um, yes, it does happen, um, and and as a buyer, you need to be able to spot that. Um, But if you have if you have the horse sense, so to speak, to to know what you're buying when you go to an auction, um, you know, you can you can make an incredibly good purchase Um, because typically what uh, what a horse sells for at auction because of the risk factor, the price that those horses are going to bring at auction is going to be lower than they would be if you bought them from the Internet, from your friend from a dealer. The price at an auction almost always is lower. Um, And and that's because you're being compensated for the unknown risk of buying a horse that you only get to see on one day. Um, you, you, you You go to that auction having looked at the advertisement and you've seen some pictures and maybe a few videos, but you really only get to see that horse in person that day. And so you, you have to make a decision very very quickly based on the information that you've got Sometimes a horse will come through the sale ring and you haven't you didn't notice it in the catalog and you didn't see it out back and you've got 30 seconds to decide whether or not you want to buy that horse or not and I' have to evaluate its confirmation its soundness its disposition and its age and all of those things you have to you've got 30 seconds to, to evaluate that well there there are horse dealers that can in fact do just that um i'm not one of those horse dealers i i am not i am not the sharpest knife in the drawer and and i can't really confidently evaluate a horse in 30 seconds uh, but i have good friends that certainly can and and there there's an it's amazing talent and gift that those people have um so ha- having said that if you're going to go to an auction get as much information as you can. If it's a catalog sale and you see a horse you're interested in, call the owner, call the person who's listed it for sale. If they've got their phone number on them, call them, ask them if they can come, ask them if you can come see the horse. Um, If they live close to you, I'm certain that a reputable person for sale would love to have you come check that horse out. Um, That's, that's, their, their dream come true because what, what people uh, do when they enter a horse into a catalog sale like that is they're trying to offer that horse for sale to the largest possible, uh, audience and, and and the more people that see the horse, the more likely is that they're going to get a better price for it. So, um, do your research, do your due diligence. If you're going to, if you're going to buy a horse from an auction, uh, you know, talk to the owner, go out back and ask the, ask the owner if he'll ride the horse for you. Uh, take it out in the arena. If it's a, if it's a riding horse, you know, let's go see this horse, put him through his paces for me. And, uh, if the, uh, owner is agreeable, see if they'll let you ride the horse. Um, Know, speaking for myself, if I've got a young, you know, a young horse, a young, inexperienced horse, a you know, three or a four-year-old colt, uh, I'm not going to let anyone ride that horse at the sale. Um, it's just too much risk that um, that horse could get scared. He's young, he's inexperienced, and and just there's just no reason to take that risk. I'll, I'll show, I'll show someone who's interested in one of my horses, me do anything within my athletic ability to to do, um, I'll show them that I can do that on the horse. Um, but if it's a 10, 15 year old, um, old broke gilding off the ranch and I'm advertising this as a horse that anybody that, you know, if, if I believe that anybody that can hold the bridle reins can ride this horse, then by golly, if you're at the sale and you can hold the bridle reins, I'm going to let you ride that horse. And, and if somebody is at a, at a horse sale and they're advertising that as, an old broke horse and anybody in the world can ride it, but they won't let you ride it, then take that for what that could mean. Um, you know, I'm not guaranteeing you that there's an issue there, but that would certainly make me wonder if, if, if somebody said, yeah, anybody in the world can ride this horse. And, and if I ask them, well, can I ride it? Can I, can I sit on it and, and ride it around? And if they tell me no, then, you know, I, I, I make a note of that, that, there's, for some reason, and maybe it's just that's how that person is. They don't let people test ride. Um, yeah, and, that, and that's okay. That's their horse, and they get to decide whether somebody's going to be able to ride it at the sale or not. But in my opinion, if you're going to advertise your horse as something that's it's broke and gentle for anyone to ride, then anyone should be able to ride it, and that should be okay. Um, and if it's not, I, I question the validity of the statement. And I'm going to step off of that soapbox now. Um, another thing that uh, when, when we need to consider when we're purchasing a horse um, is, is the horse what it's being advertised as being? Um, if they're telling us this horse can... You know is is a certain age and is 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 sound meaning that it uh when it walks trots and canters um, its gait is is even and the horse isn't moving in pain um, and they're not favoring and limping uh, on any one of their legs um, that they're that they're healthy Um, now if you're able to make that determination yourself and you're able to evaluate those things, those characteristics characteristics of a horse yourself, then there's really not a need to involve a veterinarian for a pre-purchase examination. Having said that, as the price of the horse increases, my opinion is, is that, that that professional evaluation from a veterinarian becomes more and more valued valuable as the horse goes up. Now, understanding understand that, that a pre-purchase examination, a, a good pre-purchase exam, the cost of those, at least in my area, start at $400. So if I'm looking at a horse that costs $1,000, I'm probably not going to spend $400 in a pre-purchase examination to determine whether I'm going to buy a $1,000 horse and take the risk that gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to buy that horse and, and I'm out 400 bucks. Um, but if we're looking at something that's $50,000 um, and we've ridden it and, and we've determined that if this horse is sound, if this horse, if my veterinarian says, you know, the, gives me an evaluation of this horse that's in line with my, my want uh, my, my, goal of what I'm going to do with this horse then I'm, I'm going to gladly pay that pre-purchase exam fee and roll on um, so let's let's talk a little bit about what is involved in a pre-purchase examination and and why you would do it well as I said before if, if you're not confident in evaluating the current state of a horse and meaning you know are they are they lame are they, is their heart rate normal? Is their respiration rate normal? Um, is, are they in any pain? What is the condition of their of their teeth? How old are they really? Um, you know, if they're a registered horse, the, then the registration papers will, will give you uh, fairly good proof of their age. But if they're not a registered horse, um, you know, are they ten years old or are they twenty five years old? Um, and can you can you tell the difference just by looking at them? Um, I've seen many horses that, um, are 20 years old that to look at them, they look like they're 10. You open their mouth and and then you look at their teeth and do that examination and you quickly determine, oh, well, no, that, that horse is not 10 years old. Um, but you know, do you know how to do that? Can you open a horse's mouth and, and, and determine their age by the shape and, and the condition of their teeth? Um, if you can, then you don't need a veterinarian to tell you how old the horse is. But if you're, if you're not that skilled and you don't, uh, buy and sell horses, uh, for a living, it's probably a good idea to have either your veterinarian <clears throat> or an equine dentist age that horse for you and tell you, tell you how old that horse is. And understand that after age 12, it becomes an art form determining how old a horse is by looking at their teeth. And I want to repeat that. There's, there's very clear indications based on horse's teeth and normal development from birth to 10 years old. There are very clear stages in the development of a horse's teeth. And the accuracy of determining how old a horse is by their teeth up to age 10 is really very accurate. Uh, not within months, but there are things that all 10-year-old horses have in common that are different from all 2-year-old horses. And there's different things that 6-year-old horses have different from 8-year-old horses. So in those those that range from 0 to 10, that age of the teeth <coughs> is is a very accurate indicator. Now, after age 10... The role of the feed that the horse is eating and the environment with which in which the horse is, is eating begins to play a major role in how their teeth uh, develop, how they wear, and how they extrude. And determining the difference between a 17-year-old horse and a 16-year-old horse is nowhere near as accurate as determining the difference between a horse that's eight years old and one that's seven years old let me be clear about that. Um, It is an art form, and it is not a scientific line in the sand that uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old horses, they can be 17 years old and have the mouth of a 12-year-old, and they can be 12 years old and have the mouth of a 17-year-old. And I've seen this with registered horses that Their teeth say they're 12, and their registration papers say they're 17. So understand that that aging after age 10 by the teeth is not set in stone. It's an art form. There are some veterinarians who are very, very good at it, and there are some veterinarians who are like the rest of us, and they're just taking a guess. Um, I am fairly good at it, uh, but I don't go as much by their teeth as I do by a bunch of external signs after age 12. Um, I've, I've been tricked enough times by, uh, t- mouth conditions, uh, that I start, I started to put body co- condition together in my aging of a horse. But that's, that's me. And, I, and I've looked at several thousand horses and, and I've compared mouths to registration papers a lot. Um, you know, but again, I'm not a veterinarian. So if you're unsure of the age of the horse, the soundness of the horse, the health conditions of the horse, um, by all means, have a veterinarian do a pre-purchase examination. And, and this is very, very important. Do not accept a pre-purchase examination from a seller if a seller says I've had this horse vet checked and the vet says he's, my vet says he's sound. Well, unfortunately, that is a lot like saying I went to the barber and my barber said I needed a haircut. Um, if, if a seller is paying the veterinarian for a purchase examination, that is a moral and ethical conflict of interest. A good veterinarian will not do a pre-purchase examination for a seller. Um, the person who needs to pay for the pre-purchase examination is the buyer. The veterinarian needs to be working with the buyer's interest in their heart, uh, and I need that to be really clear because there's you know there's horse horse dealers that sell three four hundred horses a year, and if they're working with a veterinarian. You know, if you take 300 times $400 in pre-purchase exams, that's a lot of money to a veterinarian, and that can be very powerful, uh, a very powerful conflict of interest. So when you're buying a horse from anyone, um, uh, a friend, a website, a dealer, not really very, uh, you know, you're not typically able to do that at auction other than, you um, you know, after after the sale, if the horse was guaranteed sound, you can bring a veterinarian in, in involved in a certain time frame and get an evaluation to confirm the the guarantees that were made by the seller. But you, as the buyer, are responsible to pay for a pre-purchase examination. And the next thing I'm going to say is, I I I believe this is very very important: a pre-purchase examination is not a pass or fail grade. You do not pass a pre-purchase exam and you do not fail a pre-purchase exam. The role of the veterinarian in the pre-purchase examination is that prior to purchase, the veterinarian is to examine your horse and give you as complete and accurate estimation of the condition of that horse, the suitability of that horse to perform the tasks of which you are wanting it to do, and the likelihood that that horse will be able to continue to do those things over the course of its lifetime. Now, a veterinarian will never guarantee that your horse is gonna stay sound its entire life. But what a good pre-purchase exam will do will give you an accurate assessment of the horse's current condition. Um, a good pre-purchase exam on a performance horse should include X-rays of their of their extremities, making sure that there is no bone spurs in any of the joints, making sure that there's no arthritis, and that the shoeing condition, the angles of the shoes and the angles of the coffin bone are properly aligned. You're, you're going to look at every every bit of infinite every bit of evidence that you can get to determine how likely it is for that horse to be able to do what you want him to do and to stay uh sound doing it throughout their life and if it's a breeding animal you know is the horse's reproductive uh system in order is it is it everything normal do it does it how does its blood work um, so when when you get the results of a pre-purchase exam the veterinarian if the veterinarian says you know, you shouldn't buy the horse, you know, he's, he's not sound. Well, that's not the veterinarian's place to tell you whether you should or should, you're not going to the veterinarian to have the veterinarian uh, ratify your purchase decision. You're going to the veterinarian so that you can get the information you need to make up your own mind about whether this horse will do what you want it to do. Um, if you're, you know, if you're looking for a horse to go ride two weeks out of the year and go hunting, um, and the horse is off just a little bit, you know, and, and he's not a hundred percent, sound on one of his extremities, but gosh, he's, he's, he's broke. He's gentle. You can shoot off of him. You can put anything on him and he's, you know, big and strong, you know, just because that horse doesn't, doesn't, Move like an athlete that is ready to go win a reigning competition doesn't mean he won't make a great hunting horse Um, That horse doesn't need to be in the same You know, it doesn't have to have to have the same alignment that your Ferrari uh, Needs it needs to be you know tough and rugged like your F 350 That you're going to drive up that gravel road Uh, It it doesn't it doesn't need to be hundred percent perfect Um, because more than likely, if you're just buying a horse for, for, to go hunting, you're probably not spending $50,000 on that hunting horse. You're spending $2,500 on that horse. And you just need to know that he's okay. That if I go for a hunt, hunt trip in October and I take along, uh, you know, 15 or 20 tabs of butte, I can give that horse some butte every night while we're on our packing trip and he's going to be fine. Um, Otherwise, he's just going to be a pasture pet the rest of the year. Well, you can ask your veterinarian, okay, if I do this, will this work in your opinion? That's a much different conversation with your veterinarian if you understand what I'm saying. Um, I think it's it's important if you're buying a performance horse that you and your veterinarian talk about the soundness and and the athletic ability and the conformation of the horse. You know, is the horse's stride correct? Does the horse <clears throat> move out and is he strong? And is his muscle muscle tone that of an athlete? Confirmationally, is there any you know, are the horse's legs straight enough to withstand, you know, stopping hard for, for the next ten years and riding out of the box? Those are fair questions to ask your veterinarian. To evaluate the confirmation of the horse for you and give you their opinion as to how likely it is or how long that horse might last, and and that's valuable information, and that can be backed up again with X-rays and with tests, uh, and so it's not it's not just a it's not just an uneducated guess. It is the guess of someone who spent nine years in veterinary school studying, you know, specializing in equines. Um, and, and we all know, you know, who we, we all know a veterinarian who's really good at this. And, and <clears throat> there's a lot of them that are, um, and they're a, one of the most valuable tools you can use, um, to purchase a horse. If you're, if you're not, you know, in the business of buying and selling horses, uh, they can really, really, really save you out. Now, the other thing that I want to caution you is is if you ask for a pre-purchase examination, if you go to a you go to a your friend or you go to somebody on Craigslist and you go you go to your dealer, and you say I want the horse, but I want to have a pre-purchase exam done. Um. You know, can I give you a deposit to hold this horse pending the results of a pre-purchase examination? Um, if the dealer says no. Or if your friend says no, or if the person on Craigslist says no, I've got ten other people you know, lined up to come see this horse, then back away from the deal. Back away from the deal, because it's not worth the risk. If you come to my place to buy a horse from me, and you say, can I give you a deposit so that I can hold this horse for a pre-purchase examination? Um, I'm going to say yes. Uh, you know, if I've guaranteed this horse sound and, and I guaranteed this horse to be able to do what you wanted to do and you want to spend $400 to verify with your veterinarian that that's, that's in fact the truth, I'm not offended and I'm not ever in such a hurry to sell a horse that I want to sell it to somebody quickly. If you need the confidence that your veterinarian will tell you that, yes, this horse is moving correctly right now um, or he has this problem, but he'll be fine with these limitations, I I will absolutely hold that horse um, with a deposit and we're going to, and, and this is important, we're going to do this in writing when much the same as when you go to a car dealer and you write up your offer and sign it it's like, okay, I'm willing to do this and I understand. And understand that when you go to a horse dealer and you do that deposit, you've taken that horse off the market and they're no longer able to to sell it. And there's a chance that you will decide that you don't want it. And, and that doesn't look good for for the horse horse dealer to say, well, this horse is, tell everybody else this horse is sold and then have to go back and say, well, no, this horse is still available and, and explain why. Um, you know, so, so understand that you know if if uh if you do this it it need, there needs to be some compensation to the dealer if you decide you're not going to purchase the horse um and that doesn't mean you have to pay for the horse anyway but you need to understand that you need to have the conversation with your horse dealer that you know or your friend that if I'm going to buy this horse you know I'm going to have a pre-purchase examination done And if the horse, if my veterinarian agrees that this horse is going to work for what I want it to do, then we're going to move forward. If my veterinarian shows me something that makes me not want to buy this horse and and gives me a valid reason why this horse isn't going to work for me, then, you know, I'm not going to go forward with the purchase. But I understand that I will have, I have taken your horse off the market for a week or two weeks or whatever the time frame is and that you need to be compensated for that. Um that's that's just fair. Um and, and I'm not going to say anything more about that. Um we'll we'll go back on on what to expect from your pre-purchase exam. Um you you would expect that your veterinarian will uh you know check their health there check their heartbeat check their respiration check the condition of their of their teeth in a cursory manner they they can't do a full evaluation uh, of the horse's teeth without sedation so unless you're unless you're going to have to sedate the horse for x-rays you're not going to get a complete dental assessment um, you'll get basic basic age um, and uh, hopefully when you're buying this horse it's it's had it has dental records and you know when the last time the horse's teeth were were floated uh, but you know, in the in the absence of that, if they sedate the horse for X-rays, make sure that they do an uh, a uh, evaluation of the dental condition on the horse while the horse is anesthetized. Um, depending upon the price of the horse, you know, X-rays X-rays can be really valuable to determine whether the joints are properly formed and, and that there's no uh, no potential problems looming in the horizon. So that, uh, that really, that pre-purchase examination, remember, isn't a pass or fail event. It, it's, it's a conversation between you and your veterinarian talking about what is the condition of this horse, how likely is it that this horse will continue to function in a manner that's going to work for what I want it to do, and give your veterinarian all the information about what your horse is going to do, what are you going to do with it, um, and and how competitive you're going to be if you're going to compete. Give your veterinarian all that information, and then use the information from your veterinarian to make up your own mind. Don't ask your veterinarian. Don't put them in the position of saying, should I buy this horse? Um, because that, that's unfair to the veterinarian. I really appreciate the chance to visit with everyone about this subject that's near and dear to my heart. I know we're in the deep, uh, dark days of winter still here in the Pacific Northwest, but spring is just around the corner, and uh, tax returns, uh, tax refunds will be coming out here soon, and, and I know uh, a lot of people are going to want to start uh, looking for a new horse, and I sincerely hope that this information uh, uh, is found useful, and it, it makes you more confident when you purchase your next horse. and. And I really hope that uh, everyone feels that the uh, underlying theme and everything that I've talked about today is that integrity matters. Um, it, it's it's critical that we have all the cards on the table, and that what uh, you and the person you buy the horse from uh, know is that you're you're both honorable and honest. And to the extent that we can have that relationship with the person we buy and sell from uh, it really does just benefit the horse because we know then the horse is going to go to the right place it's going to go to a good situation and it's going to work out better for all of us so again thank you very much for sharing uh, this almost hour with me Um, i really enjoy it i hope you do too and please uh, if you like it tell some of your friends um, I, I'm very proud of what we're doing here in Horse Sense 101. I, I think it's going to make the world a better place for horses. I hope you do too. And if that's if that's the case, I really, I really encourage you to tell your friends about it. Thank you so much for joining me on Horse Sense 101, the podcast dedicated to helping you have that meaningful relationship with your horse you always wanted to have. Please tell your horsey friends about us and invite them to join us on our Facebook group, Horse Sense 101, and every Monday for our podcast available at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. I'd like to thank you, my listeners, members, my wife, and friends that make all this possible. God bless you, and have a wonderful week. The eagle soars above the pinion pines, and we know these horses stand for something that is precious and more rare than all the silver. And gold from them old mines, so let them run, let them, let them, let them why run. ponies run, don't you brand them, don't you break them, don't you let the killers take a single one, let them run.